Right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the Loosehead Sports Show, the number one sports show in the world. Um, so, as per usual, we did a breakdown of the weekend's game. Um, of the man, why do I struggle to talk so much? You know what? I'm just going to fucking wing it and put this whole thing in. So, every time I do the Wandering Bear Sports Podcast, the number one sports podcast in the world, I usually do about 10 to 15 different introductions just till I get it right and it sounds good. But whatever I come up with today, I'm just going to put it out there. Okay, so Jed and I sat down each and every week and we talk about what's going on in the world of rugby, sports and you know life in general. And this one's a bit longer than usual. Jed was in fine form uh, and started ranting, which I enjoyed thoroughly. Uh, so we talked about Australia Post, um, the vaccine, um, the, the new Apple emoji showing pregnant men, um, courier drivers, people hustling by getting cans out of the bins. And we also talked about the rugby. Oh, actually, the one big thing that we did talk about was agents. Uh, so people will get a lot out of that, particularly young kids. Um, Jed's work for a big rugby league agent. I obviously do a lot of work with fantastic rugby union agents. And, you know, one of the biggest things I get asked all the time is, do I need an agent? How do I get an agent? How do I get an agent? So we just talked about that a little bit. So people will find that interesting, particularly some aspirational rugby players. And there's the usual gibberish in there as well. So without further ado, please enjoy this week's episode of the Loosehead Sports Show. Um, what are we going to talk about today? Uh, I've well, got three things. Yeah, let's sorry. start from now. Boom. We're, we're live, Jed. We'll cut out all the really good stuff that we just talked about. Yeah, I was going to say, that's good stuff. <laughs> what, are, what are we going to talk about today? Well, mate, we've got to, I got, I've got to give the love where it's due because there'll be, I'm not a love giver. The Wallabies won again. Thank you very much. I'm broke, but I'm surprised and I'm happy, I suppose. Um, they played some good football. They did some good things. Now, my first thing, which just is, it's like, Caniella Tupo, he's the best tight head in the world. Now, we've been saying this for weeks. Yes. Is the coach now a fan of our podcast? Maybe. But obviously, if you start him, he's still going to be the best fucking prop in the world. Like, of course. Like, was it not obvious? Uh, a few things. A few things on that. Uh, anyone that plays 78 minutes at tight head prop against the best scrum in the world, in my opinion, over a consistent period of time, they're certainly up there with the best, um, is a special human being. And some of the stuff that he can do at the size and at the intensity he does it is fucking remarkable. I... I liken it to a guy that's overly nice to his wife or girlfriend because he makes the rest of us look bad. <laughs> yeah, he's mate, he's but like he does it at the Reds. So I don't know when like someone decided like, oh, he's gonna be an impact player for the Wobbies. No, he's just the best one. So just put him on the fucking field, let him do it for as long as he can. Um, so that wasn't a real surprise. I mean, I played against him. I think he probably played against him in the NRC yeah. when he was a child. You know, he's an awesome player. Just started. It's not a surprise. The other thing is, Samu Kurevi, you know, I suppose we've got to thank Suntory because he was looking good there, but then we've got to thank his little Steenian Sevens because he's he's gone from a, a good center to now a genuine world-class fucking top three, top four fucking center in the world. Yeah. I, I, uh, I actually watched the game again completely sober the next day because I'm like... Well, you know what? I'd like to actually be a proper journalist for a change, even though I hate journalists. 
And I, I wrote that we've actually got three or four genuine world-class players now. Samu Karevi, Michael Hooper, um, Taniela Tupo. Yep. Was, was there one other? That that might be the three. That might Marika? Be three. And Marika. And Marika. Yeah. 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 We've got four genuine world-class players now. Um, Samu didn't look fit in sevens, but he looked no. fucking fit in fifteens, doesn't he? Yeah, he looks very fit. I mean, sevens is, an, is a whole different cut, and that's why a lot of those guys don't make good 15s players. Um, but even watching him at Suntory, I was like, I was a big fan of Top League, and I was like, man, he's looking good. He Whatever he's doing over there, whatever, like, increase in sushi, decrease in what Parmesan is, because he's, he's he shredded. Um, but... You know, he was always a bit of a defensive liability when he first started, just because his lateral speed wasn't as good. And like, but now he's now he's powerful, he's explosive, he's fit. And to be honest, our like our boy, the goat, Quade Cooper, is just handing the ball off to him and going, "Thank you." I, I watched Quade's performance quite closely, and obviously, you've played outside far better tens than I have played outside. That was a little jab there, by the way. Um, but <laughs> I don't think he's. I don't think he's playing tremendously well. I really agree with what you said the other week, last week about his performances. Like he's not doing a lot wrong, which is probably all we need at the moment. And he's yep. got he's got he's got a world class player outside him. And and just just on that, I think Len Tower has really uh, announced himself to the world in the last couple of weeks. Like I didn't know who he was three months ago, and mm. you know if. If he's not a guaranteed starter in that Wallaby team right now, then I don't know what I'm looking at. Yeah, I like I like Lenny Kitao. He's he's hard as nails. So he's a little bit understated sometimes. Like you could sort of watch a Brumbies game and not notice him. Um, mm. But he whacks people. Um, he's got a left foot, which is unique. Uh, and he's he when he like he is dynamic. He's a dynamic guy. He also he's got a lot less mistakes in him usually than uh, like your Jordan Pate's of the world who haven't quite honed their craft yet. Um, yeah. So I like Elaine Nicky Tao as a, as a sort of concept. He's, he's, I think there's, there's merit to him. And yeah, I think Quaid's like playing, I think he's playing all right. Like he's, he's not, he's certainly not hemorrhaging defensive errors. His kicking game was better this week. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a quarterback handing off to, a, to Derek Henry. He's, you know, if there's any NFL fans out there, he's just Tannehill handing off to Derrick Henry, the best best running back in the world, and he's and the guy's just making meters. He's killing it. Um, so I've, I've, I watched it pretty closely yesterday, and I'm starting to uh, become more and more of the opinion that the Test rugby is has com- become completely about uh, pressure and relieving pressure. And if you look at the start of the game, like well, we do a nice kickoff, they kick the ball back to us. Matt Phillip uh, body checks Evan Etzebeth goes down penalty. So I would say that that's a, a relief of pressure from the spin box that we didn't need to do. And yep. there were a few other there are a few other uh, instances in the game where we've either applied pressure to them and just built and built and built, and then we've ended up scoring off it, or we've completely relieved them of pressure and ended up down the other end of the field. Yeah. So I'm, I'm watching the way the Springboks play, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but that they're using their their box kick, their maul, and their scrum to, to get them down the field. They're really only looking at forcing errors, forcing penalties, mm. forcing turnovers, and, and that's their tactic to apply pressure onto the opposition until they get down into the attacking zone 
and and mm. actually really fucking start playing. And I yeah. thought we we dealt better with them during the pressure situations this week. Yeah, um, yeah, we we definitely did. I think it. There's no denying the Springboks' execution was oh, two out of ten. I don't know what they were doing. They were dropping balls. They couldn't pass across the back line. Um, so there was some bizarre stuff going on. But our D was good. Our more D was better. Uncle our more D was interesting. Very interesting. Our, when Uncle, Uncle McKellar was good. Yeah, but I, I, I think our more attacks gone off the ball a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it hasn't like the Brumbies. The Brumbies powerhouse more hasn't translated to international level, um, but the, our more D was good. And yeah, like we picked, but think about it, we were like we picked a better kicking nine. Like Nick White's got a massive boot with his little bow legs, and we had our best. See, here's the thing: I, what I still don't understand. We had our best tight head start. Um, Angus Bell still leaked penalties. He's still going to do it. He's a young kid. I, th- I think if you start like your oldest, most experienced loose head. And you, you're 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 of the same ilk as that South African team. You've got a good kick nine. You have got a good scrum. Lineouts functioning fine because they're giving us two for some reason. Um, and you you know that's all you need. That's that's like you're saying. That's a that's pressure there. You know that's it. I, I think um, something that I I found very interesting in Australian rugby for a long period of time, they've been obsessed with the next big thing. You know the next superstar coming through. And, you know, I've, I've got my own theories on why that might be, but I think what they're showing at the moment is how important it is having experience in the key positions. And, you know, look, look at someone like Quaid. Not killing it, not doing bad. He's doing, he's doing a very solid job. But having that really cool head at 9, 10, 12, um, you know, a world-class tight end prop, um, it just made me think, imagine if you added Will Skelton back in the Oh, don't don't start me. But yes, I know it, there's numerous people we could add back into the mix. I mean, yes, it's a massive deal. Um, the even one who has got added back, who we want to talk about, is Porno, the great man, Sean McMahon. Um, fuck, I don't know how they swung that, but I'm excited to see what they do with him. Um, he is genuinely a unique character, but he's the hardest man I've on the planet, um, and some I, don't, I I can't wait. I hope he plays this week. I'm excited. I'm sure they wouldn't bring him back if they weren't going to give him at least some game time. Um, if not, I'm sure they don't get you. You definitely don't give Australian jerseys away. But if if a guy's going to make that sacrifice to you know be away from his club, be away from his family, then it would seem maybe a little bit kicking yeah. the teeth to not give him some game time, but. The, the, the other thing I found uh, interesting, pleasing, is that I think we've got a lot of room for growth in us. There was, there was some stupid penalties. We've got guys who are genuinely world-class, and we've got guys who could be world-class that are sometimes very good, sometimes very cold. And I think, you know, but without getting ahead of ourselves, um, the progress is definitely there, but there's still a, a lot of room for improvement. Yeah, look, it'll be interesting to see how we go again, like, you know, against Argentina. They're like, you know, if if we if you're carrying the same form, you should really put Argentina to the sword twice. Um, and, like, we're throwing the ball around, we're attacking, we're doing lots of stuff. You know, it's hard to – I mean, we all know that it's, it's sort of easy to get up for a big game 
you know, you're playing the number one team, you know, let's see how you get up for the number nine team. It's, it's sometimes harder. So yeah. I, I agree. I like, it's been a, Dave Rennie looks like a genius. Um, you know, so it's time to see if you can string it together. Cause like, you know, I had a look at the spring tour. He's won these two games, which he could have never fucking hoped for. If he can beat Argentina twice, then he moves on to Japan. You know, that means he, he can effectively go five tests in a row, which is like, in a strain rugby sense, That's some nice. sort of fucking world record. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so certainly yeah. recent times, building momentum is, is it's got to be critical for, for long-term winning because, like anything, winning's a habit. And we yeah. have a habit for a long time in this country. You know, mm-hmm. you got the benefit and the negative of playing the best team in world sport three or four times a year. Yeah, I agree. You know? So I agree. Very, very, very interesting. I'm looking forward to the RG test. I like the way Argentina, I like the way they play. I think it's probably going to be a closer game than anyone gives it credit for. They're, they're very physical. Uh, they play a very direct style. And I think... Playing the All Blacks the last couple of weeks and then the Springboks a couple of weeks before that probably doesn't give them a full – it probably doesn't show where they're really at, whereas I think these couple of test matches coming up will actually give um, a full showing, I think that's the right word, of what they're capable of. Yeah, look, Argentina gave – got, they got my uh, dickhead of the week award for taking a shot at 24-3 down against oh. the All Blacks from 45 out. Not in front, for those listening. It wasn't just a kick over and we'll go back. 42 metres out, we'll take a shot, 24-3 against the All Blacks. So they're, 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 <laughs> they play a bizarre style of rugby. It is confrontational. They do run direct. Um, but they will be, like, if the Springboks are an 8.5 out of 10 in terms of we'll take the shot, Argentina are a fucking 15. Uh, so they will be taking the shot. I'll probably say less points scored from their end. It could be a bit of a grind. Um, and that's all right. I got I got one for you, Chubby, since uh, I'll put you in the hot seat. What do you do with what are we doing with Swinton, right? Because at the moment I feel like Australia are a walking yellow card machine with Folau and Swinton. Yeah, by the way, Folau Folau could have been yellow carded seven times in the weekend. He honestly could have. The fact that the video refs miss some, pick up some is bizarre. Um, and then Swinton, who sort of gives away a, a card every two games, you know, uh, probably. I, I think you need him. I think you need him. I, I think he's tough as shit. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He bashes people. But, like, it's almost like you're going into games just knowing, like, right, we're probably going to be t- t- one man down. You, you said this last week. It's almost like teams have to train for, to have 14 men at certain periods during the game these days. Yeah. Um, we talked about it last week. The way that the referees and the officials are going back to the big screen, they're, they're seeing things in live. There's three of them that watch the game. There's a guy in the box. No one sees anything. Oh, wait, maybe we should have a look at that. Slow angle. Another slow angle. Freeze frame. Well, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Five minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah red card. It's just a fucking terrible way of doing it. I, I think if you don't see it in, in if you don't see it live, it can't be that bad. In my, oh, if, yeah. if one of four people don't see it, but on, on Swinton, I I love Lockie Swinton, mate. I think he's he's in that sort of Sean McMahon ilk of genuine hard men that you need uh, at international rugby and in any rugby team, really. Um, I think obviously I heard Dave Rennie say he's got to be better with his discipline, 
but I, I, I think it's just it's the same with Angus Bell. He is going to be excellent eventually, and there's going to be some downsides along the way while he ends up working it out. And I think that it's probably the same with Lockie. Um, Cost-benefit analysis. If you're if you're in a, a test match which is seriously going to be decided by discipline, maybe don't play him. But the benefit to his physicality against the Springboks and the Argies would be enough for me to pick him. I agree. Like I, I like I, I when I play him, I want to stomp on his face and then run him down in my car. Make no mistake. But he, he's very critical to the team because he's actually hard as shit. Whereas we've mm-hmm. got some guys who aren't very tough. Um, or aren't as tough, but like it's 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 very difficult going to those games. Like statistically, like you know, he's given away so he gives away cards for fucking it, like a lot. Um, mm. So I don't know. It's just that like it's just interesting one. It's a necessary evil. I think like we fuck we need him, but you almost know you're going to lose a man at some point. Like well, it's, it's, it's. I agree, mate. But it's like having a nine that only passes but he's the best passer in the world. There's going to be many benefits to that, but there's also some downsides to it or, or a prop that only scrummages, the best scrummager in the world that doesn't do anything else. So there's there's the positive of the scrummaging and the downsides of the other stuff. So I guess you've just got to look at it and go, do the positives of locking Swinton outweigh the potential for a few penalties and you know potential yeah. yellow a couple of games? I think they do at the moment. Yeah, they do. They do. They do. So I, I genuinely think if he can string a run of games together, he's going to sew the number six jersey up for a long time. Yeah, I think he should as well. He's the right field. He's got the right attributes. Um, it, it's just that final little bit where you can't be getting carded every game. Just on that, uh, I complain about it every week. I will continue to complain about it. You touched on it already. We don't have to go into a detail. Three more cards on the weekend, three cards in 80 minutes of football. Um, one of them was going to be a red card for a head clash. Uh, what the fuck? How, 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 this is luck of the draw. Like running onto that field, you are entering a lotto game of literally where your head ends up. It is, it is now past the point where the IRB have to be evaluating at the end of the year and going, okay, we have four cards a game around the world. You know, is this working well? I, okay. First and foremost, I think the concussion and anything to do with the head has to be taken seriously. Um, I, my brother retired from concussions. My old man had a stroke during his career from concussions. Uh, I had a couple of bad concussions last year. So concussions have to be taken seriously. At the end of the day, it's just a fucking game. I think the bigger issue than the actual cards is the way they're fucking going about it. The way they're going about it is slow. It holds the game up and it's a bad look. I, I, I think when you play rugby and you played as long as I have, you, you are aware that you, there is certain risks to the game. I could get hurt. I could get hit in the head. I could get cut. You, you, know, you, you are fully aware of the risk when you play rugby. Does, does that mean that they shouldn't try and protect you a little bit? I, I don't think that's the answer. I, I think a little bit of sense, common sense has to come into it. I think the 20-minute red card is good for serious incidents. That's an improvement because you will outright ruin the game by going down to 14 or 13 men. But but for me, the bigger issue is the way that they actually give out the cards. If it's not mm. imme- it's not immediately visible to the four fucking people watching the game from all yeah. different angles, it's not that bad. Oh, mate, well, the problem is a, a guy like 
like Nick Berry or someone who's played football, like had a very good professional career. He's standing a foot from the fucking tackle. He sees the tackle. You know, it's the low. Maybe it's a pick and drive and the, the guy tackles him. And he goes, sweet, play on. He's fucked. Once they stop that game and slow it down, he has no choice. They've got the, He's got his mandates from the IRB and it's like, where was the first contact? The guy was six inches off the ground, but the contact was to the neck. You know, that's an automatic red card. So the the, the refereeing rules, the, the adjudicating rules, the whole TMO process is backwards as fuck. As I said, in, in league, it would be like like that Swinton tackle. Five minutes later, they'd go, right, you're on report. Uh, Lucky for something five minutes ago. We'll deal with it later. Let's go. Let's that's, go. That's, I agree. Or you, or you see it and you immediately give them a yellow card. Either way is better than the current situation where they slow the game down and look at it from all angles and try and find a penalty that doesn't necessarily exist. Now, I agree totally. Suspend the guy later, mate, have him sit out a week, and, and I guarantee you, mate, if you're losing money from not playing a test match and you've got an improved tackling technique, I'm going to be fucking doing it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I know. Mate, I know. Anything, anything else? You mentioned at the start you got a few, two or three things you wanted to bring up. Uh, had an awful weekend on the punt. I think that was very enjoyable for a lot of people out there um, who were, you know, who were very happy to see me lose. Um, so I thank you, Rassi, for once again putting out two unbelievable performances, just <laughs> simply terrible. Um, Argentina taking a shot at 24-3 really, really got to me. It got, it got to me bad. I was watching the test match. I was enjoying it. Um, All Blacks were putting on a clinic. Um, I suppose I, I, I suppose score predictions for this week or game predictions you'd like to think the Wallabies can win uh, against Argentina look Argentina have been tough they haven't really lit me on fire um, but they've been getting lit up by the All Blacks uh, it's hard to see unless there's body doubles first African guys and you watch the second I bet against them they'll win but Unless they have body doubles, I don't know how they're going to beat that All Blacks team. Oh, look, uh, if, if the last couple of weeks of predictions have shown me anything, it's that I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> like, and they're trying to think of it like logically, it just doesn't make any sense. I think if the, if the Springboks turn up and play like they're capable of playing, um, they can win. But if they turn up and do what they've done the last couple of weeks and the All Blacks do what the All Blacks do, it's not going to be pretty. No, it's going to be, but it'll be fifty. The like, I, I'm of, I'm of the opinion they may have been poisoned in Perth when they landed because they are like as some sort of 1995 World Cup get back because they are so bad that like no long they can't catch anymore. I don't know whether their eyesight has been impacted or they they've like the vaccine, the vaccine's getting them. Like I don't know what's happening, but they are literally. The same people, they look the same, and they can't do any of the same shit. It's Man, it's a mirror. It's it's unbelievable. I should have sent you this meme that I saw, and it was it was like oh, I think there was Wallaby memes page. Uh, fucking hilarious. But one of the things was is can we get to the point now where we should look at relegate? Have we gone to the point where we should look at relegating South Africa for not being competitive? Yeah. What are they? What, I I, I agree. <laughs> I, I like whatever. Like, can you imagine Rassi right now? Oh, he didn't even. What? He didn't even come over. Mm, so he's in what? South Africa at the moment. 
Well, so all I've got left is the guy with the bald guy who's sweating, looks like the Blues Clues guy, mm-hmm. just fucking furious, yelling fuck at his camera. Um, well, but it's yeah, that, it's very interesting to see them um, sort of look at everyone else apart from themselves after the game. Like there's obviously the uh, straight after the game, Sierra and that are saying the right things, but they, they're getting quoted in the media saying, oh, the Wallabies are doing this, they're doing that. And, um, you know, you don't see the All Blacks do that very often. Uh, you you got to look, look in first. I think it was, it was a nice one-off, like during the British and Irish Lions, like we all had a giggle, but like, as a team, you want to be, you got to be looking inwards if you're playing like shit consistently. Um, oh. I have it. Yeah, go. No, no, you, you go. You go no, you trust you me. Was... Trust me, you go because mine's not un- completely unrelated. Oh, I was, no, I was going to open a huge can of worms and potentially yeah. make this far longer than a half hour podcast, but I was going to ask you about agents in rugby. Oh, yeah, let's do it. You want to, should we do that now? Yeah, I think, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Okay, so you've worked for an agent, a very good agent. Yep. Um, I do a lot of work with agents, very, very yep. good. And people that I admire and who are genuinely out there with the best of intentions to help young people fulfil their dreams. I, I, yep. I've come across just as many bad people, but I only mm. work with good ones. Uh, we, we won't name any names. We both know who they are. Yep. I, I recently got approached by some random guy uh, in a European country to do a highlights reel for me, uh, for me to do some work for him. Um, Immediately criticised the work, even though I've done, you know, six, seven hundred videos now for players at all levels and, you know, didn't want to pay, wanted deductions, didn't pay the full amount, was overly critical and, you know, for for in, in reality is a small amount of money. Yeah. I made a rant about that on Facebook or Instagram, and I've since been bombarded with messages from people asking about agents, asking about, you know, does my son need an agent? What about this? What about that? How do I get an agent? So I thought it might be good for us to maybe discuss a little bit about, you know, the role of agents in sport and and how you see it and, and you know, from working as in, the, in an agency and being around semi-professional, professional rugby your entire adult life, yeah. do does every rugby player need an agent? No, let's like very very early. I need to separate. I'm like strictly rugby league is a completely different kettle of fish. Um, yeah. co- contracts start getting given out from 15, and they're important. Um, and it's it's a strange it's a strange world, but there's. Like if you look at the accredited, like there's some data out there. If you look at the accredited union agents, there's like 30. There's like 200 in rugby league. So, you know, it's act, it's genuinely important for these kids from wherever they are to if they need to get schooling included in their contract, they need to get healthcare included in their contract. They need like the club will the, if they don't have to, the club won't pay them. So, some of those kids desperately need the right guidance at a very early age, which for me first coming in seemed not right. Um, but it's very true. I've seen 15-year-old, 14-year-old kids on five-year contract getting completely screwed um, because they didn't have the right advice. In rugby union, in Australia, you do not need an agent. You can almost do it yourself. If you are a good player at Australian Schoolboys, someone will call you on the phone. It is a very small world. Um, if you are playing second grade in Shoot Shield, you do not need an agent. 
because you haven't reached first grade yet. Uh, you know, I got an agent uh, when I was probably 30, 35, 40 games into my first grade career. Uh, and I was probably 20. So that's when it became sort of more clear. Uh, it's a very strange dynamic of agents in Australia. Um, there's probably realistically like three. So that's where the that's where the issues come in. I'm talking about guys who uh, like if you got if you cross sec all the Super Rugby players, Australian born. Um, there's one guy who does all of Queensland, uh, a, a guy who nibbles at Queensland, and then two guys who do New South Wales. It is a truly bizarre dynamic. So um, it's a necessary evil at some point because those guys are so well tied in with the with the franchises, but you know, if you're a kid coming out of school, you don't unless you're unless you're negotiating a two three year deal, you don't need a you don't you do not need an agent. You don't need to sit on those books. Um, and while we're on that, there's also then sort of I in my mind sits the next level of agents one down, where they just sign you and move you, and they sort of they get paid per. So those guys get paid if chubby i sign you from south i sign you you're, you're now mine at the end of the season i will offer you to west eastwood north uh say chubby this is a better opportunity for you and when i put you there i will get a thousand dollars i call them i call them bin chicken agents well those guys are very active um there's a few of them uh but they're they're very active. They will hit up they will hit up everyone from first grade to the end bottom list to second grade because there's there'll be value in there somewhere. So they'll move forty players a year and make 40 grand. That's how they do it. Whereas yeah. the usual agents, just for clarification, will take chubby. I get you a contract with the Waratahs, and I take six and a half percent of your earnings. So they won't touch you at shoot shield level. Okay, um, just for full context, Tafu Pilota now didn't have an agent for like the last five years of his career, and he's one of. Uh, at that point, he was, he's you know he was on the back end, but he was still one of the premier hookers in world rugby. Um, I couldn't, mate. I couldn't agree more. I think agents can be very beneficial in finding opportunities, potentially, uh, particularly if they're well connected overseas, and you're one of. You're one of these high-level sort of shoot shield players who's just never quite cracked it in Australia, but would yep. do well overseas. Finding those opportunities, I think the agents are very beneficial for. Um, and some of them, once you once you've actually got a bit of a name and a reputation, and you've actually done something, there there are potential commercial opportunities that having a good agent can help you with. Um, mm. People who have played at our level are never going to need that. You know, and, and particularly if you're if you're someone that's just starting out in Super Rugby, as you said, they will contact you directly. And why would you want to give six and a half percent of what is a very little salary or what is a low salary already to start with to someone else who doesn't really do that much? Yeah. So I, you know, I I signed with an agent as I said at that time. I got a call the next year from the Australian Academy. They're like, we want you to come in. We'll give you a contract. So, you know, that contract might have been $15,000. They called me. My agent didn't call me. You know, then the NRC came up. The coach called me. He said, mate, I want you to be in my roster. I called my agent to tell him. Um, these days, it's extremely common for 
a club to call the coach. I mean, like the the, the task to call, uh, you know, the Todd Loudon and be like, mate, how's Chubby? How's Chubby going? We like him. And then then to connect you and you're going for training. Um, yeah. It's 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 just a, it's a very bizarre time. It's it, I I still think it's a necessary evil only because I've seen the insides of it and I know that the ones who are connected are so well connected, but players have to understand that he's your manager. He's also managing 15 other guys in your shed. So at the end of the year, it's not so much about what's best for you as it is. How can I balance the interests of, I've got 15 guys here. I need to keep them all on contract somehow. You know, and we've seen that so many times and a lot of guys from my vintage are disenfranchised or they've moved agencies. Um, you know, this is talking domestically, like, you know, because there's a they got a hooker at the Tars. They've also got a hooker in Melbourne. So they'll move the hooker to Melbourne and then they'll move the Tars one back to, back to you know, and they'll, they'll switch them around to keep them both on contract. Um, importantly, like you said, you want to go to somewhere weird. You want to go to Spain. You want to go to Italy. Um, if you're a very, very good player and you want to go to, you know, England, Japan, you need a guy connected there. That's understood. Uh, if you're a club football player here, and you haven't established yourself in first grade, you don't need an agent. Um, you, you're more likely to get a little sniff from a franchise before you get that call from one of the agents because as soon as they find out that someone's interested in you, they'll be interested in you. Um, so it's a necessary evil here at the moment. It's incredibly incestuous. There's not many of them. Um, but I, it's just amazing how many kids these days like, you know, I deal with the younger kids now as I try and recruit or this and that. And, you know, they're, they're decent schoolboy players without being outstanding. Um, and they, ha- they, they have an agent and you, you facilitate it through that agent. So it's, it's completely unnecessary um, until a certain point where you're genuinely a professional option. I think you've said that fantastically. Um, as you say, most things fantastically. <laughs> a good way for me of deciphering who the good and who the maybe not so good is, is the people that do a lot of social media um, and who promote themselves a lot um, might not be the best. And if you if you have a look, there's there's agents I know that have signed third grade Colts players. Mm. You know, absolute insanity, insanity to me. Um, but I think that'll help people, mate. That was really good. You were going to bring something up before I. We might it. have to cut. We might have to cut these two. That was a very serious part. <laughs> this one's complete, completely. Yeah. Um, mate, so many people ask me like that. That we'll cut this and then promote it because so many people ask me about that, and you just said you just summed it up absolutely fucking perfectly. So right. awesome. Right. It's very, it's very, um, it's very, you know, I suppose close to me. I. Rugby league's a different world, man. Like, I, honestly, I've seen kids at 14 and they sign a contract because they're excited. They don't have, none of these kids have healthcare. And if you don't ask for healthcare in it, it won't be in it. So and they get about, fucked. What about professional rugby contracts in Australia? You have to have your own full health cover. Uh, like, as part of your contract, you, Jed Gillespie, have to pay for your own full health cover so that when you have an injury or a surgery... You, you pay the minimum gap, which you have to pay yourself, and then the club reimburses you. Yeah, see, like, that's – it's insane to compare, and we, we probably have to do a different podcast on it, but to compare rugby league and rugby union, like, uh, 
as soon as you turn 15 in rugby league, you need a shoulder recon. Here it is. You know, that's, that's part of your that's part of your contract. Mate, um, there's 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 a guy that we know who uh, was at a Super Rugby franchise. We won't name his name. It's a very serious injury at training. Very serious. Goes to the hospital. You need to have emergency surgery right now. That'll be seventy thousand dollars. How how would you like to pay for it? And he's gone. I've I've got health insurance. They go. Uh, sorry, sorry, sir. You've got the next one down. It's not actually fully covered on your health insurance. Um, we can't do anything unless you pay for it. Um, okay, I'll call the club. Uh, and this is through secondhand knowledge, so I'm going to say allegedly, so I don't get sued. Cricket. Got my legal counsel here, but uh, the yep. club were like, "Well, you're supposed to have full health insurance." So what they ended up doing is having like seven or eight family members just spread it around credit cards. They eventually got their, they eventually got their money back, um, but that's just a, that's the worst example I've heard of it. Yeah, it's fucking it's it's it. That's scary, isn't it? That's really scary. Um, oh, what I what I was going to bring, what I was going to bring. I'm glad we did that one first because my one's so stupid. But it was the cause of quite a stir on the weekend. So obviously, uh, things are freeing up a little bit. You're allowed to picnic, and those who are vaccinated, five uh, G, no five G, all that bullshit. Uh, I saw yourself having a few schooners on the weekend, so that was good. So we got to mix back with the free world now. Chubby, I don't know if you're aware, but Apple are releasing a new brand or like the new installation of emojis. And there is a pregnant man involved in the emojis. Not as a joke, but because we were they were failing to recognize pregnant men everywhere. Right. Uh... I'm not, this is not a joke. You can look it up, but it, was, it caused quite the stir at my uh, picnic uh, that Apple Art, now you there will be a pregnant man emoji that you can use. And will it be used to say that I'm fat? Yes. But the purpose of it is that men, there is uh, women transitioning to being a man can be pregnant whilst also looking like a man. Now, do you think we've, do you think we've quashed an evil there by finally getting that emoji con into the vernacular. No, I, I think the the you know the pregnant the men that can get pregnant community will probably really celebrate in this win at the moment. <laughs> oh, mate, the, the, uh, the women who want to be men who also want to be pregnant community. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm sure we've both got friends in that community, and look, I'm, I'm very happy for them. Um, you know, I, I also saw someone that transitioned, a man who transitioned. Who uh, fought, you know, an MMA fight on the weekend? Oh, the weekend. <laughs> fuck! Did you, and, that was insane. Oh, you see how jacked he was. She, no. I dead named. I just see that. I just dead named her. He's he's mass. He was massive. Look, so many people say they want honesty, but very few people really do want honesty. I think. I think if you're if you were born a man and you have. Like it's like if you do a cycle of steroids, right? You, yeah. You're still going to have the effects of that steroids down the track. So yeah, whether, whether you test positive at the time or not, it's still a, it's still an unfair advantage. So even if you were born a man, transitioned to a woman, and, and whatever your thoughts are on that, it's still an unfair advantage to be in a body contact. Oh, bro! The, and yeah. the MMA people were blowing up about it. They were like, like we have like a ninety, probably ninety-five kilo 
jacked as shit dude. Uh, and then sort of 18 months later, you know, he's winning a he's winning a fucking lightweight tournament in women's. Like, yeah, no shit. He's had 30 years of fucking male hormones development in him. And now he's bashing a chick in China, wherever he was. It was in, it was horrible. It, it, do you know what? Do you know what the, the, the stupid thing he's made is that that people might listen to this and go, "Oh, those guys are fucking," you know, they'll get upset about that. But but if if you have ever had that much testosterone in your body and you're fighting a woman, it's it's just not fair in my in my view. It's like. We're, we're beginning to lose the plot, Chubby, because, you know, it's it's now, you cannot, if you're offended by something, that is now removed from society. In 10 years' time, we'll all just be walking around with our fucking, no one will be able to talk, because if it offends someone, you're gone. Anyway, the point is, I'm happy that that percentage of the community are now recognized Absolutely. at the expense of me, because people will send that emoji and say, here is your fucking emoji, you are fat. So... That's the win. The win is the point zero 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 one percent of the tr- trans community who are transitioning are now pregnant men. They get that emoji. I now have to get that emoji every day. Fuck you, <laughs> Apple, Bill Gates. I'm onto your shit. Now, we can cut that there. Like, I'm happy to cut that. But I, I have a genuine question for each other. Do you, you send a lot of posts and stuff? Like, you got your caffeine gum, best gum in the world. Get onto it. You got... Uh, gear, you got merchandise. How do you? How's your experience with Australia Post generally? Um, uh, I have a qualm. At, I have a qualm. At, at the moment, it's 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 very slow, uh, and I think what's happened is because um, the whole world's transitioning to online shopping, uh, their capacity hasn't adjusted with it, so it's just delaying everything, and it's just taking a long time. Uh, I also think it's overly expensive. Um, what about now? Those uh, you, I know you're probably a home but you go out and walk, you go out and walks and you use exercise when you get home or you've been home and they leave that little fucking card in there saying we tried to deliver. No, they didn't. No, you, but you listen no. here, Australia Post. You did not try and deliver. I had my fucking roommate slash dad all day on that door last week because my new phone was coming. Shout out back to Apple, thank you, Bill Gates. And the guy, literally nine to five, I was like, no work for you today. Your job is to get my fucking iPhone while I go to the gym. That All that happened was I got home at 10 to five with a little ninja slip slide in there. And yeah, we tried. No, you didn't. Um, it happens, happens all the time, I think. And you know what else I've, I've, I've found? I keep saying I find it interesting. It's not that interesting. <laughs> I sit on my balcony doing some work during the day and I see multiple couriers all on the same street delivering to different addresses. Why don't you just get them all in the same van and have the one person deliver it? Yeah, look, I look couriers at the moment and my, my close friends will know that I'm currently a war with Australia Post. So my couriers at the moment, not in my firing line, but Australia Post, I obviously the same, you no, know, I'm wearing... Australia Post couriers. Oh, 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 no, those, if I find one of those guys in the street, they're, you know, getting a two-piece feed, you know, I'm, I'm throwing. But I had three of those little cards left last week and I'm going, this is impossible. My room is next to the front door. So look, they are either highly trained operatives that need to be recruited to our secret police because they're so fucking good at doing what they do or they need to be publicly with. 
because I need they need to stop putting those things there when I'm home. And I know there's some people out there feeling this same pain because everyone's ordering shit. I know you're all ordering shit out there. I'm ordering shit and they are not delivering it. They just give you the card. <laughs> I, got a, I got another one for you while we're going off on tangents. Yes. I have no, and you've probably seen this in your neighborhood, but I've noticed a record number of people going through bins to try and get cans, you know, and try and, try and use that as a, as a revenue stream. Like, there's a big part of me that absolutely respects the hustle yeah. because you, you got to earn a quid. But, there, but there's like 20 to 30 of them now. There's like, there's, Mate, there's, there's a, influx. 100%. So I'm, pull, I, I, I'm a night owl. So I'm pulling up late to my house after definitely being in my LGA. And there's a dude, there's a, there's a dude going through my garbage. And I'm like, all right, like, What's that? like, you know, if you see a guy on your front lawn at quarter to 12, you're like, right, well, you know, am I going to have to open hand, like, rear naked this guy? Or so yeah. he's going through my garbage, finishes going through my garbage, gets in a fucking Lexus and drives away. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Is it because he is this the grind that people talk about? Is that why he has a Lexus? Like, he gets in like a said, like a seven CX, whatever, like a yeah. 80, 90, $100,000 car and gets away with a thing for my empty Diet Coke cans, man. Is that the hustle they talk about that I don't do? Well, what do you get for a can? Is it like five cents or 10 cents? I think it's less than five cents now. So, you, so you're going to have to get a significant amount to actually make money. So you're going to have to raid the whole suburb of Cronulla to make like a day's wages. Oh, easy, easily. Like I, I don't have, I'm an English guy. I can't do math. But I would love to break down how many cans it costs of getting that Lexus. But it's a fucking lot of cans. Like it, I have seen people doing that, and then, good lord, you couldn't get enough to have a like a, a slap on the pokies in a week. Mate, you know, just on that as well, this, like, I find human beings so interesting. I keep saying find interesting. Like my stupid, <laughs> brain, my stupid brain just says the same things over and over again. I have like a word of the week. Like, oh, that's really yeah, interesting. That's good. It, it's really not interesting. But there's, there's so many people that will drive like the five extra kilometers to get like the 10 cent discount on your petrol or to like say oh, 50 bro. cents on a coffee. And I'm going, what about the time it took you? Like to me, my time's far more valuable than saving. Yeah, I look, I'm, a, I'm terrible with that. And like, I, I do know people like that. And you know what? Maybe they're better off financially in the long run. It's probably very likely. But I'm a dude who's like, if there's, if I've got to walk two Ks to get a coffee or there's one on my front lawn for a grand, um, and all, all I have is eleven hundred bucks. I'll probably spend the grand because I just I want to go back inside. But I I've never understood people with like like only need four more of these coupons, and we got ourselves half a banana bread. And I'm like, what the what are we fucking talking about here? Just pay the two dollars. Just pay the two dollars. I'll pay your two dollars for you. Like, what are we doing? Unbelievable. <laughs> Mate, there's been some solid ranting today. I think we need to do more of this. Yeah, they like people like the ranting. Mate, the Australia posting, that's a big thing. Does my head in. I've been here all day. I, I didn't leave the house. Oh, okay. Delivery drivers that give you a time frame between 7 a.m. and 10 p.m. Oh, go. <laughs> 7 a.m., 10 p.m. No worries, man. I'll I'll fucking whack a song. I'll whack some music on. 13, wherever is it? 15 hours. Can you narrow it down? to maybe two hours. No, no, no. We just don't know how the day is going to be. I'm like, so I just have to wait here all day. Oh, well, sorry, you, sir. Yes. Are you yeah. in the state? 
are you in the state of New South Wales? Because right now, then I can cut it down to 12, right? Like, what's going on here? I, I, me and Australia Post are so close to throwing hands. I just can't, I cannot tell you. But you I'm know, so you know annoyed. Those, when they do the deliveries and they give you the time frame, it's always at the end of the time frame. So you've just waited all day inside doing absolutely fucking nothing. Um, and then they go, oh, sir, it's five minutes to 10. Your Woolworths deliveries here. <laughs> yeah. And I know that guy's been downing, like down in down at the park playing Fruit Ninja, just fucking around waiting for them to be shit. Anyway, the point is, next time you're in West Drive and you drive a, I know you, oh, we get a lot of Australia Post listeners, and you drive a courier, you fucking watch out, all right? Because I'm coming for your ass. I'm I'm sick of this bullshit. Stay away from the Gillespie household, mate. Stay away from wherever I live, mate. What else have we got? That's probably the only things that have bugged me. I've started the. Uh... I, I, the, the sunrise is getting earlier and earlier now. So the, the whole point of me going, uh, the, the whole point of me going super early was to avoid all the people. And and now because the sun's getting up earlier and earlier, people are getting up earlier and earlier. And yeah, you know, I've been seeing a lot of people in Western Sydney, you know, in the real hot spots, complaining about the fact that we get to go to the beach and that's where you live. You know, like it's just it, it's a function. You, you didn't. I mean, you did pick where you live. You pick. You pick. You're five k's from the beach. Fuck it. You can swim, mate. I met a Uber driver late night on the way home from the city one day. Lived at Blacktown, and you could not pay me enough money to live at Blacktown. Shout out. We got a lot of listeners in Blacktown. <laughs> you know, some great food there. It's just not my. You know, geographically, it's just not my choice. You know, I'd rather. I need to be surrounded by water. And he goes, how much, rent do you, how much rent do you pay a week? And it was ended up being like 20 bucks less than what he paid. <laughs> you, should yeah. seen, you should have seen him. He's like, you, you pay less money to live in Cronulla than I do to live in Blacktown. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's because he, he he's, you, did not, um, you he didn't explain to him that when he's asleep, you're out there collecting cans. That's why, <laughs> yeah, that's why, you're, that's why you got that money. You got that money. Mate, I... Yeah, our, our great friend Hugh Rhodes said to me once, uh, if you put this much effort into actually working a real job, you'd probably be killing it. <laughs> Whereas yeah, I, put I, all, I, I put all this effort into not having a real job. And oh, mate, what, I, I'm, it's, I'm, do, you're the I'm doing the same. Oh, 100%. You're the same. I'm, I'm flat out and we're both flat out. <laughs> it's it's way harder than, uh, than actually working. <laughs> 100%. Absolutely. But, have you been enjoying it? I think I just had a, like a little stroke there, but have, have you been enjoying the work for yourself, entrepreneurs sort of lifestyle? Yeah, a little. I have. I like. I, I, I'm. I'm really looking forward to footy kick up, kicking up again. Um, yeah. Uh, it's just just more that uh, you know, I like. I have things I want to do, but also I'm a people person. I like people, even if they don't like me. And I'm a bit of a prick. I like to be around them, so yeah. I, I'm, I need that to. I like. I need that to function. So, um, looking for like I'm going down to my local park soon in my LGA uh, with my double vax friends to have a picnic. So, I just like to be around people. Yeah, mate, I'm the same. I my life hasn't changed too much. Like I spend most of my day at home anyway. But as soon as footy's back and you're able to go have a beer somewhere, and I think the the whole morale of the uh, the people that I'm around and the people I associate with will just, you know, lift significantly. And, 
you know, hopefully we're at the end of it. I'm, I'm getting quite annoyed reading all the newspaper articles of people bringing up the negatives of opening up again. You know, you're either criticising being locked down or criticising opening up. There's just there's just no way you can win. Um, I'll drift, you know, it'll drift. It'll drift into oblivion, man. Like once, uh, like my my only question is genuinely to my friends who. I'm getting vaccinated. Is what? What are you? What's the plan? You know, like what? What's your plan? I don't mean that in a demeaning way, but like, what? What are you going to do? Because like yeah. I like we I I guarantee you're the same. WhatsApp groups are pumping. It's like twenty sixth. Whatever. What day is it? The seventh or whatever. We're okay. we're going to the pub. We're going to the pub. You we we booked? Are you booked? We're going to the yeah. pub. We're like we're we're all going to the pub. We're like we're gonna you know have a have a day together. We're gonna hang out. So um yeah. like we're, you know um I, I think a lot of people's problems. And their internet bullshit will disappear as as real life returns to normality. I feel um, like the biggest issue is that they're being that uh, people don't like to be forced to do anything, and I I completely understand that. But the reality of the situation is at the moment, unless you're vaccinated, you're not going to be able to go to sport. You're not going to be able to go to restaurants. You're not going to be able to go to the pubs. And and I'm I'm not. I can understand why people don't want to get the vaccine. I didn't want to get it, but I would rather go to the pub. I'm going to take the risk of whatever. Yeah, it is. So I can I'm not. Get my yeah, I'm not advocating necessarily for it or against it here. I'm just going. What What are they going to do? Because like I, I got like a friend who 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 are like, oh, I'm not going to get vaccinated. Well, I'm like, okay, I, you know, fair enough. You don't have to do whatever you want in this conversation. But I like, I'm going to go. We're going to the. the we're going to Dick's Hotel in Balmain. Like that. I'll I'll see you when I don't know when you're allowed. <laughs> In yeah. six, like six more months, like what's the go here? So that's going to be an interesting one because I'll tell you what, the people who are back, they're going to be doing some. There's the beers; those beers are going to be cold, and there'll yeah. be more than one because people are thirsty. I've I've got it planned already. I'm going to go straight to Northies. I'm going to go straight to the back bar, order a pint of Guinness. I'm going to wait for them to pour the pint properly, which some of them do, some of them don't do. I'm yeah, going to to do. Neck it in one go. I'm going to have another one. I'm going to neck it in one go. I'm going to order a long island iced tea and then I'm going to sit on the Cooper's Pale Ales all afternoon watching mm. my dear friend Rob James make an absolute fool of himself, mm. which Back is something I haven't seen for a while. And, you know, honestly, once I've seen that, then life will be back to normal. Well, as sure as the sun will rise tomorrow, Rob James will rise in that beer garden. Uh, I'm looking, mate, we've, like we've got it all booked in, Dick's Hotel, punting area. I'm hearing the 11th now. I'm hearing the 11th. Yeah, the 11th is like the, the industry intel. So like the fucking people in the know are planning to open up on that day. So it's book the pub then, 88, make sure it's turned on. I need fucking, I need some, de- I need some Diet Cokes. I need vodkas. Like they're, they're going to make this, they're going to make a killing. I know they've been hurting, but now they're going to make a killing because people are so thirsty. I, I reckon we've just burnt some of our best material on this podcast and Honestly, I, I think this has been the best one we've done. Of course, it's the best one we've done. Every episode we do is the best one we do. Let's finish it there. Um, we'll talk soon. Nah, no dramas. I'll let, send, me the, um, send, I'll me send, the, send me the beer. I'll, I'll do the thing you said. I'm going to have to do some editing. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to do a bit. But I'll send you the um, – I'll cut it up and label it and put it in the thing. Yeah, and we'll we'll start promoting it because I've I've been hearing a lot of people. Thank you if you've gone this far in our podcast, you're one of our loyal listeners, and we truly thank you. Uh, the best word of mouth, the best marketing tool for podcasting is word of mouth. So if you like it, please tell someone. Uh, if you hate it, please tell someone. 
just tell someone about it. Follow us both on Instagram at official Jed Gillespie. Did I get that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, you did. And uh, at DTUB88 or at Wandering Bear Sports or at Two Loose Heads Podcast. Sweet. Talk, talk soon, brother. Gang. Bye.